Okay, let's begin our discussion of Parshas Yisro, Tavshin Ayin Zayin, as we get into this year's discussion of Maimon Harsinai and Matan Torah. So the Torah starts off, uh, the Parsha starts off about Parshas Yisro, telling us the story of Yisro, Kohen Midyan, Hosein uh, Moshe coming, uh, and we'll get back to that. But first, let's talk about the place, the place where the event took place. And the name of the mountain that has so much written about it, and that, of course, is Harsinai. We start off tonight with a couple of uh, smaller thoughts, and then we'll get to uh, some other uh, major major ideas on the discussion. So we start off with a medrash in Parshas Vayechi, a medrash that we're familiar with, a medrash that comes up in various different uh, versions, and it's quoted here by the Chanukah Satorah, by the Rebbe Reb Heschel, where... The Medrash tells us, Isa the Medrash, Rabbah Parshas Vayechi. Bishar Shabbat, Kaddish Baruch Hu, Litena Tatar Al Arsinai. When a Kaddish Baruch wanted to give the Torah, Hayu HaHarim Ratzim, Umedainim Elu Am Elu. The mountains were fighting with each other. Right? And this one was saying, I want the Torah. This one was saying, I want the Torah. Tavor Ba Mi Beis Ulam, the Karmel Meas Pamya, Zeal Merani Nikra. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And they're all fighting. Hashem says, not interested. What are you fighting about? Are you mountains? You are Gavnunim. What are Gavnunim? Some other type of detached mountains. All of you had Avodazar worshipped on you. I'm not interested in mountains like you. That's the Medrash. And as the Rebbe Reb Heshel and the Chanukah Satora, what's the Pshat? Right, there's another version of the Medrash, which we'll get to uh, soon. But this one, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, no, you're not mountains, you're something else, you're Gavnunim. And what is the issue of, of the Avodah Zarah that is worshipped on these mountains? What exactly is the problem? What, Harsinai didn't have it? If we say that all the nations of the world worshipped, worshipped Avodah Zarah all over the world before the Jews took over, so what is Harsinai, how is that different than the other mountains? So says the Rebbe Reb Heschel, the first thought is a Lumdish thought, and the second thought is a Hashkafic thought. So first says the Rebbe Reb Heschel, The Gemara tells us that anything that is attached to the ground cannot become Asr Bahana'ah. It's attached. So if somebody bows down to a mountain, the mountain is not Ne'esar. The mountain doesn't, uh, doesn't get, gain status of Avodah Zarah. And therefore, Mechubar is not Nasar bin Ne'evad. What was the problem, says the Rebbe Reb Heschel, all these other mountains detached themselves, says the Medrash, and they came to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we want the Torah given on us, we want the Torah given on us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you've detached yourself, now you become Nasar. now you no longer Mechubar Lakarka, and therefore, you cannot have the Torah given on you. Har Sinai didn't move. Harsinai is still a mountain. Harsinai is still Mechubal Akarka. And therefore, she's the one that I'm going to give the Torah on. It's That's what the Medrash is saying. Even though you're all Harib, but you've turned into something else. Unlike Harsinai, which is still as it were. Point number one. Point number two is more of a well-known thought, but uh, we'll mention it. Obviously, Parshas Yisro, and that is the other version of the Medrash. If you look in the, in the source, 
Number three for a minute, the Medrash in Brachas Rabbah Parshat Sadites on the fifth line. Bishah, right, it's, it's the same Medrash. Sorry, he quotes it in, uh, in full, but at the, towards the end of the Medrash, other Chazals are quoted about it. You know what? Let's just read it from the Gemara. The Gemara in Sota Dafhei helps explain the first phrase. The Gemara doesn't quote it, but helps explain the first phrase in Perkei Avos. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai. Moshe got the Torah from Sinai and asked all the Mepharshim. He got it from Sinai? He got it from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What do you mean, Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai? So says the Gemara at the beginning of Sota, Dafhei Ahmed Aleph. This is Gemara, this whole Ahmed is all about Ba'alei Gaiva and Ba'alei Anava. And the Gemara emphasizes, why was the Torah given on Har Sinai, second line, Shari HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hiniyah Kol Harim Mugvos, Vehishra Shekhinasa Al Har Sinai. HaKadosh Baruch Hu left all the other highest mountains. Hashem could have given the Torah on Mount Everest. Could have given the Torah on any high mountain. Even the mountains closer by, No. He is Masha Shrinal Harsinai below Gava Harsinai Lamala. And Harsinai wasn't lifted up, but Hu came down. And that's where Yosef says also, La Olam Yomaradamidas Kono, Shrekarishbarhu inia kalhar mugvos, fishinasal harsinai. Everything is left aside. The Torah, the message that Ganeshbarhu is giving at the moment of the Torah, of giving the Torah, is anava, is humility. Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai, what the Pshat says, Rabbi Yosef, in his commentary on Pirkei Avos, says Rabbi Levine, also writes this in his commentary, many others, Moshe Kibbal Torah, why was Moshe Zoha to be the one, to be the Makabal of the Torah? Misinai, because Moshe Rabbeinu learned from Harsinai, learned exactly how one is supposed to act in, in, uh, in his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we look at the top of the left column in source number three, the Alpizei Yishlavar, Kavonas Atana, Sha'ama Ki Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai, Shalot Tomar, Matam Zohar Moshe Rabbeinu Olav HaShalom HaKabalat Torah. What was the reason? Velo Ish Acher, why was it only Moshe? The Alze Ana Misinai, Keshev Shezacha Har Sinai, Sha'alav Tinazid HaTorah Machmasan Vesanuso Vesheflusso, because it was lowly. Again, does it mean that Har Sinai actually opened its mouth? No. Chazal very often take inanimate objects and use them to teach us a lesson. Does Chala really turn red when it gets embarrassed? But we cover it for one of the three reasons. Because, you know, it's supposed to go first. Does the Mizbeach step, would Mizbeach steps really be embarrassed by the legs of the Kohen walking up on steps instead of walking up a ramp? The end of our Parsha? Again, it's meant to teach us a lesson. So, so to here, Harsinai, the lowest, one of the lowest of the mountains, because it's all about Anava. We take up less room, there's more room for God. That's what the Gemara says back in Masecha Sota also, uh, as we'll read again in a second. But that's the, what's the message is. Because he was an Anav, as the Rambam writes in Hilchos uh, Deos, one of the two Midos, that one has to go to the extreme in is Anava. Gaiv and Anava. Most other Midos, we go out the Shvil Hazav, we have balance. But when it comes to Anava, when it comes to Gaiva, we have to go to the extreme and we learn that from Harsinai, uh, Harsinai itself. And that's again, I gave you a number of, uh, of the Chazals there and so the Dafe. Uh, the more a person raises themselves, the more uh, HaKadosh Baruch who feels the need to leave, he doesn't want to be in the company of, of Baalei Gaiva. So that is one or two ideas on Harsinai. Two other thoughts 
uh, again, smaller thoughts related to the, the beginning of the parsha. One we mentioned a number of years ago, but once we have the Vilna Go and the Gra open, so we will uh, see the two, first two thoughts in the Pini Mishochan Agra. Source number four. Let's go back to the beginning of the parsha. So Torah tells us that Yisro comes to Am Yisrael and he has his family. Yisro hears. What happens? We'll get to that Hashem soon. He comes with his two grandchildren. He comes to Moshe. I am your father-in-law. And your wife and your kids. Moshe goes out to greet his beloved father-in-law. He bows to him. He gives him a kiss. He hasn't seen him for a long time. He says hello to his children. Children. He hasn't seen his children for a very long time. Think about the last time he saw his children. Pre Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, pre Kriyas Yatsuf. We've mentioned in the past the, uh, the beautiful thought that some mentioned why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is not mentioned in the Haggadah. Because who was the first person to ever fulfill the mitzvah of Sibri Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Moshe Rabbeinu himself. He was the only one that his children were not there. So that Pesach, he told his children about what happened. You think he would have spoken about himself when he tells them about what happened? He probably left himself out of the picture. We mirror Moshe Rabbeinu's first retelling of the Exodus. Retelling. We copy that every single year. And that itself screams out about the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu. But that's what happens here. His children come back. He hasn't seen his children in a long time. He goes out to greet. Says Rashi. Vayetze Moshe. A great kavod Yitzro received at that moment. If Moshe went out, you know, Moshe goes somewhere, you know, Ara's going to follow. What, Ara's not going to, Moshe's going to go out by himself? And, no, the Vaviu. Ara's going out, you know, the other children are going to go out. And if Moshe's going out, and Ara's going, no, the Vaviu, what, everybody else is going to stay? The Godole Adora are going somewhere. Right, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to join. And therefore, Vayetze Moshe, really, there was a tremendous covet that was given to Yisro at this, at this time. The question is asked, how did Rashi know this? There's always a reason what bothers Rashi, right? There's Svarim that have been written, right? What bothers Rashi? The Midrashim, the Mepharshi Rashi. What may Rashi say? This says, Vayetze Moshe, Moshe went out. And all of a sudden, Rashi says, and everybody else went out with him. How does Rashi know that? So this was a discussion in the house of the Vilna Gon. And when the Vilna Gon was four years old, he came up with an answer. Says the Grot, source number four. Misupar, the story is told, ki b'choref shnas, tough pay hey. In the 1700s. Bios agon yelled ki ben arba v'chetzi. Yashavu v'chavir l'fnei rabam. They were sitting in the, in front of their Rebbe. Belong to Parshas Yisro. And they were learning Yisro. Hiksha echad anochachim. One of the people in the classroom asked, Minayin yada Rashi l'faresh. How did Rashi know? Shalom rak Moshe yatsa l'kras Yisro. Elagam aron ubanav yatsu imo. How? Says the four-year-old, could I, raises his hand, could I give a suggestion? Why does it say Vayetze and not Vayelech? Vayetze reminds us of another Vayetze. Vayetze Yaakov mi Be'er Sheva. Right, Vayetze, Rashi also there says, Why did it say Vayetze? It reminds us of the Yitzia. Why? Because Yitzia shall tzadik oser 
when the Torah uses the Lashon of Ayetzei, as Rashi quotes there, Yitzia Sadik Min HaMakom Oseroshem, Yatsam Isham, Pana Hodeh, Pana Ziva, Pana Hadra. That's what's bothering Rashi, says the Gra, says the little Eliyahu. Wasn't the Grah yet. Maybe he was the Grah already. Says the Grah. It must be there was a major impression. Something, something major happened here. If it says Vayetze, so that's how Rashi knows. It must have been a chain reaction. Moshe, Aaron, the sons, and all of Klal Yisrael. El Karchach, Aaron, Imo. And in that way, Rashi knows Vayetze. Number one. Once we have the Vilna going open, just turning to the next one, and then we'll get to some uh, lengthier pieces. The Gra also says, a few psukim later, right, Yisrael comes, he tells Moshe everything that he hears, Vayichad Yisrael, I'll call it Yisrael, whatever that verb means, Rashi quotes the different Pshatim, the Pshuto and the Agadah, Vayomi Yisrael. What's the first thing that we know the words that he used? Baruch Hashem, Asher Who's the first person to say Baruch Hashem? Right, Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, and Hashem saved you from Mitzrayim and from Parash, or Hisul and Sa'am Mitachas Yad Mitzrayim. Baruch Hashem. Says the Grah, there's a Gemara in Chulin. The Gemara in Chulin says that Am Yisrael are one step closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on a higher level than the Malachim. Because the Malachim have to say three words before they can say Hashem's name. Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzavakos. B'nai Yisrael could say two words. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Says the Gra and Gerim are on such a level, it's even after one word. Baruch Hashem, says Yisrael. Baruch Hashem, Asher Hitzel Eschem. Shehager l'malam in Yisrael. And he quotes, Yadua, Yisrael l'malam in HaMalach. Quoting the Gemara in Chulin. Ki HaMalach, lo nitele rishuz lover Hashem, rakachar gimel tevus. Kadosh Kadosh, Yisrael, Beis Yisrael. And here, Yisro, the Ger, the, one of the original, the original convert, right? We know, even after one Teva, he gets to say Baruch Hashem. Okay, so all of those little thoughts gets us started. And now let us get into some more major thoughts uh, related to the, to the Parsha. So the first Parsha, first Rashi in the Parsha, going back now. Vayishma Yisro in Midian. Yisro heard. What did he hear? So if you look in the Gemara in Mesech Zvachim, Kuftez Zayin, there are three different opinions quoted. Rashi quotes two of those three opinions. Two of the three. What does Rashi quote? Mashmua Shama Uba, Kriyas Yamsuf, Umelchemes Amalek. Rashi here says he heard about Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea, and Amalek. Why Amalek? That was just the previous, the end of Parshas B'Shalach. Kriyas Yamsuf and Melchemes Amalek. Those are the two. Rashi leaves out the third opinion there in Mesech Zachim, which we are not going into right now. Why he left that out, the Mepharshim and Rashi discuss. But we're going to talk about the two that Rashi mentions. Rashi, again, mentions Kriyas Yamsuf and Melchemes Amalek. And the question is asked, the Be'er Yosef asks, there was Kriyas Yamsuf. Yisro heard about that. He was in shock. He was in awe. Was there anything more he needed to hear or did he learn about by hearing about Melchemes Amalek? What did that add to his awe? To his, what, he wouldn't have come if it was just Kriyas Yamsuf? Amalek, oh, that really did it. That war, oh, Moshe Rabbeinu's hands are up. And what, Kriyas Yamsuf, that was it. That's all you needed. That happened first. So what, what's the emphasis, what's the addition of Amalek? Let's read the question now inside. 
Says the Bar Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Bisalantalokriyas Yamsuf, who hanes hayoser gadol v'nora. That is the greatest nace. We spoke about that last week. The qualitatively different nace that it was. Kemosha kasev nora os al yamsuf. The asar nisim nasal avoseinu al yam. The ten nisim v'chol yisrael migdolam arktanam avru b'sochayabay abasho b'lisho mechshol fega v'davar zehirishes kol olam kulo. The whole world was shaking. Shama mimir gazun. What an unbelievable nace. Amalek. What happened by Amalek? Ula Uma says, skipping down. Yes, Yoshua and the Jews were able to win, but was it so miraculous? Was it so amazing that Yisro would have been in shock? That that would have added something to the Kriyas Yamsuf recognition? Upam Gavar Yisrael, Upam Gavar Amalek, Vim Kane, Hanation Nitzhu is Amalek Lechora, Ainam is Namiko Kachla, Nation Kriyas Yamsuf, Shoya Godov and Ora Maod. What was added? Mahusifa love Yosar Ashmusha Machavas Amalek, what was added? That's the question of the Be'er Yosef. And he gets two answers, two ideas, and let's see them in the order that he has them. Vitachin Lafaresh, line. 30. It is possible. Again, these are his two suggestions. What was Melchemes Amalek about? You know what Amalek was about? It was to deepen the Emuna of Klai Yisrael, who, some of them at least, might have been under a wrong impression. Some say that this was the problem by the Chet Egel also. Some say this was why Moshe Rabbeinu had to be prevented from going into Eretz Yisrael. What was the issue? A number of Klal Yisrael were attributing the Nisim to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe was the source. Moshe was the deity. Moshe was the one who was doing all these. He's lifting up his stick and performing the miracles. Remember, for 200 plus years, the Jews saw a lot of magic, a lot of kishuf, all of the, all of the uh, magicians in Mitzrayim. Remember the Medrash, when Moshe Rabbeinu started doing the, the magic? You're bringing magic to Egypt? What? It's like you're bringing uh, Afar to somebody who has... What, what are you doing? So this is what Klai Yisrael were conditioned to for so many for so many years, and therefore, when it comes to our discussion here, all of the Nisim, even Kriyas Yamsuf, it was Moshe Rabbeinu, according to the Torah Shabbosav, that brought about the days. Top of the next column, that's what Amalek taught. Amalek, Moshe Rabbeinu was not in control when he lifted up his hands, when he was able to inspire Bnei Yisrael to dive into Hashem, as the Mishnah says in Rosh Hashanah then B'nai Yisrael were victorious. If Moshe Rabbeinu was not successful in inspiring B'nai Yisrael to Davin, B'nai Yisrael started losing. That was clear. That Moshe Rabbeinu was the shliach of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but he was not the source 
of it. Ba'ofa b'chein line four. B'meshayala Moshe l'rosha giva umada l'kim biyado v'istalek mihem oz b'hanhagas hamolchama b'foal. But what shelo yachlu litzlos nitzchonam? They couldn't. Lo b'moshe v'lo b'koach hamata mizero v'nochachu ladas they knew ki ach v'rak hakadosh baruch hu ba'atzmo asa va'osi imoim es kol agvuros falnaros halalu shero'u be'enehem. There was nothing else. No other way to explain it. Says the Mary Yosef, if Bnei Yisrael themselves might have been confused and not realized who was the source, Kalvachomer, someone who wasn't even there, someone who wasn't even connected, Yisrael. When Yisrael heard about all these Nisim, Moshe Rabbeinu, this awesome, amazing person. Remember the Tiferes Yisrael at the end of, of, a, of a Kiddushin, where he quotes the apocryphal story about the uh, Arabian king that wanted to know what Moshe Rabbeinu looks like, and he had artists draw. They thought Moshe was, was it. Moshe was, was the source. So at B'nai Yisrael, some of them were misguided. So surely Yisrael, but once Amalek came along now, now Yisrael was ready to convert. Not just with all the Nisim, there were amazing miracles. But maybe he thought his son-in-law was pretty amazing. But you know, we all you know daven for sons-in-law like Moshe Rabbeinu. But Yisrael might have thought that he's the man, and realizes now that he's just the shliach. And that's what on the left side, the bottom left, Shashama Yisrael He wasn't even involved. So he knew. And that is Rashi, Mashmua, Shama, Uba, Kriyas, Yamsuf, and Milchemes, Amalek. And then he even says, it's Meduyak in the Psukim. If we look back in the first Pasuk, Yisro hears, Vaishva Yisro, Kohen, Midya, Chosni, Moshe, Esa, Shara, saw Elohim, Lemoshe, Uli, Yisro, Lama. Why does he have to mention Moshe? Just say, Asher, Asa, Right, the point is now he realizes that Moshe is, just, Moshe is with Yisrael. Moshe is with Yisrael and Kiyotzi Hashem as Yisrael Mimitzrayim. This nace is Megala on all the previous Nisim that it was all HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was Moshe Rabbeinu just being his Shliach. Now we know how to read this first Pasuk in Parshas Yisro uh, on, a, on a deeper level. Line 11, on the next page. Ki rak Hashem hu asher hotziya mi Mitzrayim. V'lachein nisara al yidei elu shdei ha-shmuos halalu lavo lehiskayer. And that's why Dafka, with these two shmuos, he was ready to come and, to ready to come and, uh, and convert. One idea. Then there's a second idea. Very creative that the... Um, the Be'er Yosef has and, and uh, suggests. Says the Be'er Yosef. Totally different focus, but it gives us an insight maybe into the godless of Yisrael. Line 27. Gamkain. There's another problem here. If we look in the language of the Psukim. What's Yisrael? It's a lot of formality. I am your son-in-law. These are your children. I am Kohen Midian. We know that already, don't we? Yisrael is coming to be Misgayer. 
He should go to Moshe Rabbeinu. What's he demanding? <coughs> What's he saying? That Moshe should come out to him. Yisro, by sending all these messages, he gets Moshe to come out. And as we just said, he gets everybody to come out. Why? Why does he want everybody to come out to, to greet him? Just go to Moshe, convert, and done with it. He's making such a rush. He's making such a public spectacle, so to speak. So why is he doing that? Says the Bar Yosef, top of the left column. There was something very um, amazing about this. And it puts something into perspective that I think most of us have never really thought about. We've known half of what he's about to say, but not the other half. Yisro is not coming to have a private conversion. Yisro is coming to have a public conversion. He wants the entire world to know that he is converting. And that's why he wants, first and foremost, for the entire Jewish nation to come out. This is going to be in all the, news, the desert newspapers, the Sinai Times, right? What's going to be? Because this non-Jewish priest who worshipped every single Avodah in the world is coming out and Moshe and Aaron and the entire Jewish people are coming to greet him. Why does he want to make such a big deal about it? Let's see. The Ber Yosef puts it all into perspective. What did Amalek do? We know. What does Rashi quote at the end of Kisait say? Amalek ruined it all. The entire world was on fire. The entire world was boiling with Emuna. Everybody was shaking. And Amalek came along and put a needle into the balloon. Amalek came along, as Rashi quotes there in the end of Kisei, he jumped into the burning hot tub and cooled it off for everybody else. That's what Amalek did. He ruined it. He was Bechalal Shem Shamayim. Nobody's inspired. Amalek tried to get the world to think there's nothing special about Klal Yisrael. There's nothing special. Forget it. Don't worry about it. You know what Yisrael tried to do? He tried to undo what just happened. He heard about Kriyat Yamsuf. That's amazing. But after he hears about what Amalek did, I have to go. I have to go publicly as Kohen Midian and make, make sure that every single person in the world hears about it. That one of the greatest idol worshippers in the world is coming because he's inspired to convert to Judaism. Trying to undo some of the damage that was per, uh, performed by Amalek. Let's read his amazing, creative words. Right first, he quotes everything that Amalek did. We know Amalek is Gemat Fiyasafik. He put down into the world as uh, we're Shloshim Yom with Purim on the horizon. That's what Asher Karcha Baderach is. If you remember the uh, what we've spoken about in the past, Rashi quotes the three pshat on Asher Karcha on line ten. One shot, Kar, Sinancha, Vivshircha Miritichascha, he cooled us off. Shekalo Umos Yemli Lachim Bachem, Ubaze Vehiskil. Nobody could go in it. That one person jumps in and gets burned, but he cools it off. Even though they got destroyed, they got beaten, but it, it paved the way. 
Yisro wants to undo that. 31. The Yisro, Shashama Kriyas Yamsuf, Ulu Umaze, Shama Mochemes Amalek, Shehi is Ponev Kekelev, he was brazen like a dog. The Yatzav, the Mochemes Tenufa Kenegad Yisrael, Yisro gets up. The Yashab Ekvodo Sha'olam, Mefursam, everybody knew Yisro. And what happened? Sheol Milafim, Yossi Paro, remember? He, he was one of the three advisors. Remember, Eov, Yisro, and Bilam, one of the three advisors. And he ran away, and now he is coming to convert. I want Moshe to come out, not because of his own coven, because of the Kodesh coven. I want to make a public spectacle of my conversion so that everybody can notice and we can try to get back some of the Kiddush Hashem that he tried to bring about. And let's turn the page for a minute to source number eight. And that's what's Kriyas Yamsuf Umilchemes Amalek. The Amalek, Shama Kriyas Yamsuf, Shupela Gadol Venora. Ulam Negiz Shamagam Amalek. Heard about Amalek? And that's what made him get up and go right now. I have to try to, to take away some of it that Amalek caused. And after all, the Parsha of Maimed Arsinai, the Parsha of Matan Torah, Parsha of Yisrael. Right, he must have done something besides give Moshe good advice to be Zoha, to have the name of Maimon Arsinai, the Parsha of Maimon Arsinai, named after him. According to this, he was the first one after Amalek to try to bring back the covenant of Kaddish Baruch Hu. To try to bring it back up, to be Yorum, Karen Yisrael, and that's why he was Zoha. And then he quotes a Zohar who alludes to this idea as well. Okay, moving right along. A very special thought. Coming up, every, every thought is special. Can't say one is special, but this is a special thought. So let's the the Rabbi Misalant. Okay, here we go. Says the Gemara as we continue. Paragutes pasagimel. Paragutes pasagimel. Bachodesh Ashlishi. They come to Midbar Sinai. Vayisum Mirafidim. Vayavo Midbar Sinai. Umosha Allah Elokim. Moshe goes up. Vayikrei Lav Hashem in a Harley Mar. And Hashem tells Moshe. Kotomar Lavais Yaakov. Visagade libene Yisrael. Tell Beis Yaakov itagade libene Yisrael. Says Rashi. What is the different lashon? Kotomar bilashon azel kaseder azel lebeis Yaakov elu hanashim. Beis Yaakov, Beis Yaakov. That's why girls' schools elu hanashim. That's the women. Tomar lehem bilashon racha say it softly. Express the Torah softly. Visagade or softer. Visagade libene Yisrael. Anashin v'diktukin pirech l'zcharim dvarim akashin kegidin. You know, Rashi tells us here two different ways of talking: lashin racha and lashin kasha. Says Revolbi in his Sefer on Chumash in Shmos. Rashi's telling us it's not just about what you know, but it's how it's given over. Gemara Sukkah. Says the Revolbi. Yesh l'Torah shtei safos. Yesh amira racha v'yesh diber kasha. L'nashim sorach l'dabar b'lashon racha v'luzcharim sorach l'dabar b'onshiv v'tikdukin. What's the message? The message is that we have to know how to present Torah. We have to know how to express it to others. And he quotes from the Mashkiach Rabbi Yerucham. He quotes, "If we would know properly how to present Torah, then every single person in the world would convert." Because they would be so inspired if we just knew how to, how to, how to present it and how to tell everybody. But we just aren't perfect about it. And for sure, 
to be bali to to inspire fellow Jews. If we just knew how to express the beauty, whoever hears this, you know what you see from the Rashi? Anyone who expresses Torah, or all of us, we all express Torah to our friends, to our family, to our, to our colleagues. We have to always know how to express it. Not just to have the idea but to know how to give the idea over in a proper way, in a proper tone, with a proper outlook, presenting it properly. Yesh Makomo, sometimes we, got, we have to give it over in Lashon Racha. Sometimes we have to give it over in Lashon Kasha. It all depends on the venue. We have to know exactly how to give it over because that itself is a separate skill. We've mentioned in the past, and I give it to you again, but the Rav Gifter notes... On the Gemara in Sukkah, on Daf Chafches, the Gemara there talks about the 80 students of Hillel Azakein. 30, the 30 great ones could have been like Moshe Rabbeinu. The 30 next ones could have been like Yeshua Benun. And then the next 20 Benonim. Unclear, which is the next? But either the 20 Benonim, the greatest of them was Rehoshua Ben Uziel. And whenever a bird flew over his head, it burned up. And the smallest of them was Rehoshua Ben Zakkai. And the Gemara says... Let me just tell you what the smallest of them knew. What did Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai know? Mikra, Mishnah, Gemara, Halacha, Agada, Dikduke Torah, Dikduke Sofrim, Kalim Chamurim, Zereshava, Dover Katan, Dover Gadol, Maisim Merkava, right? Sichas Shedim, Sichas Dekalim. He knew when the trees shake in the wind, he knew how to interpret that as a praise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He knew everything. But he was the Katan Shabakulan. Amazing Gemara. We can't even imagine what Rabbi Yosef Ben-Oziel knew. But Rabbi Gifter points out an amazing Ha'ara. But who was the God Al-Hadar? Who was the one that led Klau Yisrael? Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. The Katan Shabakulan. He was the one that was carried out of the coffin and spoke to Vespasian and said, Tenli Yavne V'chachamecha. He was the one that saved Klai. He, he was the leader. He made nine Takanas, Zechel HaMikdash, quoted in Mishnayis in various places. So how does that work? He was Katan Shabakulan. So how is he the God of Ador? Answers of Gifter. It's not about what I know. I can know a ton of Torah. If I can't give it over in the proper way, if I can't make it Dvash Vachal of Tachas Lashonech, I can't make it sweet and delicious to others, so that's not, that's not I'm not the God of Ador. I have to be able to share it. I have to be able to give it over and package it beautifully. Right, the Mepharshim explained, Rav Shechter likes to quote, that it's not just the Torah, but it's like when you present the Shear in an organized way, in a packaged way, and people understand it, and, and they're excited, that, that's Hidr Mitzvah. That's Hidr Mitzvah. So it's about how, and not about, and not just about what. And then, now back to Revolbi. Revolbi adds from Daniel Mikelm, one of the great Rabbanim from Kelm, Nishal. The, the rush has a little safer, little little uh, booklet, really, called the Archas Chaim. And there are various uh, uh, commentaries on it, uh, but he has little simanim, just one-line simanim. Kobe Itam Torah, just one-liners. So one of his one-liners in Simon Mandalit is, V'dibarta bam al shulchanecha. You should talk in Torah at your table. Dibarta bam al shulchanecha. L'chora, asked Rabbi Daniel Mikelm, what's the Chiddush? You have to talk in Torah wherever you are. You have to talk in Torah always. What's the Chiddush of on your table? Says of Daniel Mikhail. You know what the Rosh is telling us? A Chiddush. 
If somebody says over a vart at their Shabbos table without trying to look at how to inspire the people at my Shabbos table. I tell a vart, I say a vart, my wife looks around, my kids are sleeping. Okay, we have to, sometimes we could be the most amazingly prepared and excited and, and it still won't work. But at least, says of Daniel Mikelm, our goal is how to express Torah at a Shabbos table. That's different than expressing Torah in a base medrash. That's different than expressing Torah in a shir or to a colleague uh, over lunch uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. We have to know how to express it. Im Adam Omer stames a vart ala shulchan b'shabes ve'ishto nir damas mirova yefut va'yeladim bechalom ve'vinim esvara ze'ena bechal v'dibar tovam shulchanecha. We have to know, and we have to be on on the wavelength of the listeners, not just. Oh, I'm staying over at Bar Torah. No, I have to know what, how I can get them into it. There are so many places in, in, in Chazal where it talks about giving Divrei Torah a meal. If you look, Rav Chaim Kenevsky has a commentary on the Archas Chaim of the Rosh in one of his Siyach uh, Hasadas. So there, in the, in the, he called him Hasham Archosa, based on the Gemara. But he quotes all the different Chazal, the, the Mishnah in Pirkei Avos, and the Gemara in Sanhedrin, in source, in source number 10. But those are all fine. But what's the Chiddush of the Rosh? Says Reb Daniel Mikael, the Chiddush of the Rush is Dafkal Shochanecha. You have to know, Lashen Racha, Lashen Kasha, like Rashi says, it's all about how to give it over. Okay, moving right along. That's, what, that's a thought that we could say any Shabbos of the year. That's a good back pocket one, because we can express that every, every time we have a meal. We can say over that thought, and it, it could work. Okay, moving right along. Perak Yutas, Pasik, Chaf, Aleph. Says the Torah. Now we are in the Aliyah of Maimon Arsinai. Vayerat Hashem al Arsinai al Roshahor. Hashem goes on down on Arsinai. Vayikra Hashem Lamoshe. And again, Uncle is here, as Uncle always does. Whenever there's anthropomorphism, he precludes that. Vayerat Hashem. Hashem goes down. No, no, no. Vayiskalei Hashem. Hashem was revealed. Right? It doesn't say Vayerat. Hashem doesn't go down. But Vayerat Hashem al Moshe. Right before Hashem says to Moshe, raid ha'ed ba'am. Go warn the people. Go warn the people, tell them they can't come on Harsinai. Don't come. Right? They can't come. Moshe says, What do you mean? You already, you already said that. They can't go up. Go. No, no, go down. Tell them. What, what do you mean? Rashi, Pasuk Chavdalid, Shemizarzin Asa'adam Kodem Maisa, V'chozun Mizarzin Osobishas Maisa. You can warn people beforehand, but then you have to warn them again as it's happening. Give people warning. It's kind of like ways. Right? In 200 meters, turn right. In 100 meters, and when you get there, turn right. Right? It gives the warning beforehand, and because you, you're going to forget. Right? Right beforehand, turn right. right? That's, that's, that's Rashi. Right? Beforehand, and then Bishas Mais. The question is, though, why Dafka here do we need an extra warning? All the, all the times in Jewish history. Right? So we were warned not to do something. Okay, we got the warning. But only here we have again, Bishas Maisa, you have to warn again. Two thoughts. One from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky and one from Rabbi Salvechik. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, 
to say it in a word and then we'll see what he says inside. The ends don't justify the means. What does that mean? Let's see the words of Rabbi Yaakov. Nira Levar, line three. Shekanu tzrechul azhar no sefes, yoser mitamid. Here you need an extra azhara. Dibishar azharos. Halo im ya'asu es ha-cheshbon. V'yiru asahesed ha-ruchani. Ha'alul itzmoach mimais avera. I Don't do this avera. So if a person thinks about it, they'll realize how terrible it is. If I do this avera, then what am I going to get? I'm going to get some temporary pleasure, physical pleasure. It's not worth it. What does the Mishnah say in Pirkei Avos? Have a mechashiv hefsin schara hefsin davera can I get a schara right get a hana? So if I think logically about it, about the avera and not doing the avera, so then fine, I'll be convinced. So you don't have to warn again normally. But what's going on here? What would the avera be? Going up on Har Sinai and getting too close to God. You know what someone might say? I'll take the risk. I'll take the Avera. Look what I'm doing. I'm running to Hashem. Okay, so he told me not to. But you know what? I'll, I'll, you know, the, the, the winning, the schar would override the hefsid. I'll take the loss. Im came, but on the left side. Efshar, shahayu mechashim yomrim. Shekidai lohem lavra al tzibi Hashem. Bechdei lozakos lahana ruchan is kazu. I'll take it. V'lachain shavak kadosh baruch hu v'zira. Hashem says she afal pikein ain lem lasos cheshbon kazeh. No, no, no. Don't make that cheshbon. I'm telling you to do this. You can't make up your own rules in avodas Hashem. Right? I'm telling you. Right? This is part of what the similar many mafarshim explain the chayta egel. Right? It was finding their own avenues for spirituality, getting close to Hakadosh baruch hu. But that's what exactly what the Emerson Yaakov says here. Rabbi Yaakov says one has to be very careful and not focused on the goals without uh, being um, observant of the means. And therefore, even if I think, oh, it's worth it, not. Number one. Number two, Rabbi Salvechik has a different idea. A different idea. Says Rabbi Salvechik on the next page of the Mesorah Sarav is quoted here. There is a difference, second paragraph. There is a difference between the boundary that holds back a human, a rational being, and the boundary that holds back an animal. If there is a boundary that has to be observed, human beings can understand the boundary different than animals can understand the boundary. For an animal, one must build a fence, a simple partition that can physically prevent it from walking into another person's field. A marker or sign will not help. If I put up a sign, no trespassing, the dog is not really going to follow that. The dog is going to go unless there is a fence there or a fence in the form of a person that keeps screaming whenever he gets too close. But either way, there's a physical barrier at the time. A person doesn't need that. A person does not, shouldn't need that. A person, a thinking person who sees the sign, no trespassing, should already know that he's not allowed to go there, even if it's open. It's enough to warn him that the territory does not belong to him. His boundary is an abstraction, an intangible separation. Says Rav Salvechik, that's what HaKadosh Baruch wanted to teach us. It's not that you can't, because it's physically impossible. It should be that you can't, because I'm telling you that you can't. Apparently, reading the words, God did not want the people to refrain from ascending the mountain because a physical barrier blocked them. He commanded them to descend and warned the people so they would restrain themselves because of the tzivoy. This 
is a major motif in the Torah. Right before Mamed Arsina, you know what Hashem Baruch Hu is emphasizing with us? You have to follow my mitzvos and not do my averis because I tell you that. You're not going to get struck by lightning every time you eat a piece of trait. That's not going to happen in most, time, most times in history. But you have to know that you're following my words because I say so. The prohibition and the warning alone are enough to prevent the Jew from transgression and wrongdoing. God had to emphasize to Moshe, the whole Torah read this al don't break through. And this is what we do. We just have to do this in all areas of our life. You know, sometimes, interesting a phenomenon, that if somebody's on a diet and they don't want to have the ice cream, and the ice cream's sitting there on the table, it's very hard not to eat the ice cream. But if somebody's fleshic, not so hard not to eat the ice cream. I just can't eat the ice cream. Okay, so what if I'm on a diet for a day? Oh, it's only temporary, but it's not even a taiva. Right? If we follow halacha, okay, it's off limits. Because of, the, because of this al That's how we view it. If we viewed it as, this is the Messias, this is the reality. So that's what we learned right before Maimon Arsinai. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends the command down again, don't, I'm emphasizing, you shouldn't because of the tzivui. And that exactly is the message. So, two thoughts. One from Rabbi Yaakov, Dafka now, because you, they might have had the Havamina that here, the ends justify the means. I'm trying to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so, you know, it's great, it's all violent. It's what we might call an Avera Lishma. But that is uh, not, was not acceptable. There was only one type of Avera Lashma that was mentioned in Nazir Chav Gimel by Yael. We read it last, in last week's Haftorah. But other than that, um, we don't accept the concept of doing an Avera, an Avera Lashma. And the salvation, the second idea of acting because of Kaddish Baruch Hu told us. Moving right along. Perachah Pasa Gimel. We're going to have two thoughts. We have to have two thoughts at least something related to the Aseris Adibris. So we're going to do one Achron and then we're going to do end off with a major uh, thought that, uh, that I don't think we've done in the past but we should have so we'll do it this year. First from the Ben Yehoyada. Right from the Ben Yehoyada we know the Pasuk tells us in the Aseris Adibros that uh, we cannot uh, follow Avodah Bashamayim Imal V'yala Aritz that's also a phrase that we borrow into Aleinu. And we've quoted in the past what he starts off with. The Ben Ishchai, the Ben Yoyada, is quoted here in Bakras Shabbos Oneg, in the second volume, source 13. Bashamayim. When it comes to Ruchnius, Mima'al. We always have to look at people who have more than us. Can't look at, oh, you know how much I'm learning? He doesn't learn. You know how much chesed I'm doing? When it comes to Ruchnius, we always have to look at people who are doing more than us. When it comes to Gashmius, Mitachas. We have to look at those who have less than us. Right? Often it's the opposite. But we have to work on this. And the message being, you can't have the same outlook and viewpoints in everything that we do and in all areas. And he quotes somewhat of a humorous marshal. It's a mashal, but it's a humorous mashal, but that's what he relates to it. Line 7. Mashal, the mother of a domain. 
So talking to Revolvi before about the uh, the Shabbos table. This is a marshal that one can say on the Shabbos table for any age. There was a Balabais that had a ladder in his yard. The ladder went up to the roof. He called his helper. He says, this is ladder going up to the house. And again, let's let's imagine the, not the ladders of today, but if you think even just a hundred years ago, you see pictures there were ladders that were attached to the house. That there were rungs that were nailed in and there's a, one of the famous pictures I have at home of the Chavetz Chaim. You see a picture of his house and the, uh, you have the, you have the ladder going up to the, uh, to the roof. So there were just rungs nailed in. So he tells his his uh, his servant, you know, this is very dangerous. A, a child could go up there. You know what? Take the rungs off. Take the rungs off. I don't want anybody to to, to go up. Okay. So the Misharis does it. So he starts taking off the rungs. The problem is he didn't think too much before he started taking off the rungs. So he goes on the Wrong, second rung, and he takes off the bottom rung. And he keeps going up one, and he keeps removing the rungs as he's going up the ladder. And in a few minutes, obviously, he takes off all the rungs, and he's stuck on the roof. How do I get down? That's one idea. At the end, he starts screaming. What do I do? What do I do? He says, Shote, you fool. You have to take off the top rungs first. Not the bottom runs. What are you doing? Okay. Few weeks later, line eight. Kavarzman karabalabais lemisharis viamar yesh bechatzer bar ubesolcho sulam. I have a huge pit in my backyard, and I have a ladder going down in the pit. Please remove the rungs going down in the pit because I don't want anybody to fall. So he says, "Oh, I got it this time." And he starts going down into the pit, and one by one, he takes off the rungs from the top, and we know. What happens? And he says, fool! And he says, you told me to take off the top ones. He says, no, you have to know. Are you talking about going up or are you talking about going down? You have to have different perspectives and different actions. Vashamayim, mima'al. V'yal ha'aretz mitachas. When it comes to ruchniyas, we have to look up. Oh, people love more than us. Vashamayim, v'yal ha'aretz mitachas. That's what he says on line 22. When it comes to going up and going down, houses and pits, we can't have the same um, way of viewing things. We have to view them in very different ways. Okay, the last thought for the evening we'll try to squeeze in is the Ramban. This Ramban is major. We should do this Ramban every single year. But uh, it's the Ramban on, on Zacharias Yom HaShavah's Lekad Show. The Ramban has, we'll mention, it's a long piece, we'll mention three of the elements and uh, we should all review this, uh, the whole thing, uh, at home over Shabbos. But he has three points. We're going to pick out three of the, of the salient points that the Ramban has. Zohar is Yom HaShabbos the Kacha. And we'll quote two Ha'aris on his points. Achar Shetziva Shanamin B'Shem HaMiyuchad Yisbarach. Says the Ramban, after we have the mitzvah to believe in God, and not to believe in any other God, and not to use God's name in vain, we are then commanded to remember what this God did. He created the world and he took us out of Mitzrayim. Right? Shabbos. That's how Shabbos fits in as number four. After we know he is a creator and we cannot worship any others and we cannot use his name in vain, misuse God. So we have to remember. We have to remember what he did. Zechel Amai Sebrashis. Zechel Mitzrayim. Okay, that's all. 
just background. That's point number one. If you want to say that, we'll mention four points. Number one. But now, the Rabbani asks a question that all the Rishonim deal with, and we'll deal with the Ramban's approach. We know the Chazal tell us, Zachar v'shamar v'dibarecha namru. Zachar and Shamar were said at the same moment, right? Something that people cannot do. People can't talk at the same time. Two things at the same time. But Kodesh can. Zachar v'dibarecha namru. Ask the Ramban, what did it say on the Luchos? In Parshas Yisrael, it says Zachar. In Parshas Vachanan, it says Shamar. What did it say on the Luchos? Physically, there was only one set of Luchos. The first ones. Right? What did it say? Did it say Zachar? Did it say Shamar? Says Rabban, I can't figure this out. Line 16. Va'anitama. Im nomar Zachar v'shomim v'yagvura lomolo nechta b'luchos rishonos. If they both were said, so you should have them both Read what the luchos rishonos are 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 the and the luchia have to be seen together. Okay, there were other differences, but these were the of words. Lo sesave is not here; it's only there. What's going on? Says the Ramban. Again, there are various answers. Let's see the Ramban's shot. Line seventeen. The yitachain. It's possible. Shahaya beluchos harishonos ubishnios kasuv zachar. It said zachar. Period. Moshe Rabbeinu explained Zachar as two parts, Zachar and Shamar. Remember Shabbos in two ways, the positive commandments and the negative commandments. That's Zachar v'Shamar, but it only said Zachar, says the Ramban. But Moshe explained it as Zachar v'Shamar. If this is true, says Reb Salvechik, turning over for a second to Source 17, explains a very unusual Gemara in Baba Kama on Daphnun Dawin, where one of the Amoraim, Rabbi Chanina asked Rabbi Chia, why doesn't it say the word Tov in the Dibras Rishonos and only in the Dibras Achronos? And Rabbi Chia answers, before you ask me why, ask me, does it say Tov in the first and not the second one? I'm sorry, does it say Tov in the second one and not the first one? Ask all of the first one, he didn't know a Pasuk in Chumash, he didn't know what it said in the second Luchos. Says of Salvation in Source 17, according to the, the Ramban's idea, if it's perfectly, because we don't know exactly what was written and what was explained by Moshe Rabbeinu. So we don't know. That's, that's the, the issue. How much did Moshe add in explanation and what was written? That's the question. But either way, that is the Ramban's point. Number two, number one, what the purpose of Shabbos is. Number two, what was written on the Luchos, it was Zachar. Number three, says the Ramban, the idea of Zachar and Shamar Let's continue. Zachar is the mitzvah saseh, Shomer is the lo saseh. Line 21 now. Famous Ramban. Kimida Zachar Ramzu be mitzvah saseh. Fuayosi mimida sa'ahava. Says the Ramban. Zachar is the mitzvah saseh. Mitzvah saseh flow from Ava Hashem. I love Hashem, so I want to do something for him. Kia Osef, mitzvos Adonav. So, of course, when a person does his, uh, what his master, uh, wants, a huvlo, that's ase and that's ava. Shomer lo sase, that flows from yiras Hashem. Bemitzvah lo sase. Bubamata, lamidas adin, beyazmiz ayira. Ki anishma miyasu savara. I'm in awe of a kaddish barachu, so I don't do something. So, mitzvah sase flow from ava Hashem. Mitzvah lo sase flow from yiras Hashem. Ase doche lo sase. Says the Ramban, why is the principle Asei Docha Losasei? Because Avaz Hashem is greater than Yeras Hashem. That's the Ramban. Even though the Ramban continues and says, if somebody violates an Avera, a Losasei, 
it's more chomer than not doing a mitzvah say Because actively going against God is worse than not doing something that a Kaddish Baruch Hu says. But that's the Ramban's well-known thought. Asi Dovalosase is based on Avaz Hashem, Bitsa Yiras Hashem. Just one hosafa to that is the Meshachachma, the Meshachachma in source 18 from Parsha Zosabracha, which we don't always have a Parsha Shir on, Sukkot time. The Meshachachma, after expanding on this, adds in beautifully. But now we understand why we have the principle of Ein Asei Dochalosase B'mikdash. Because in the base Hamikdash, Yira is a focal point. Yiras Mikdash. So the whole Svara of the Ramban, of Ati Dochalosa, say, Ava beating Yira, does not apply in the base Hamikdash. And that is why uh, that is the case, different than the rest of the world. Again, we don't have time to read the Meshachachma, but that's in 18. And finally, the last point the Ramban makes that we're going to focus on, again, number one, the, the Shabbos in the, in the uh, hierarchy, in the, in the structure of the Aseris Adibris. Number two, what was said in the Luchos, written first, second. Number three, the idea of Ase and Los Ase. Number four, the Ramban on the next page discusses when does Kavit Shabbos start? Kavit Shabbos is the entire week, says the Ramban. He quotes the Gemara and Mesechah's Beitzah. And we have that the Mitzvah of Shabbos is remembering every single day of the week that we are counting to Shabbos. And he quotes the Mechilta on line 27. Rabbi Yitzchak Omer, We don't say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We say Yom Rishon L'Shabbos, Yom Sheni L'Shabbos, Yom Shlishi L'Shabbos. That itself is a kiyum. A fulfillment, and that's what we say the Yom every day, what the Arizal instituted based on this Ramban, Hayom Yom Rishon Lashabbos. We start off every single day of the week, every single day of our life, fulfilling partially the Mitzvah say of Zachar as Yom Lashabbos Lakacho. Again, this Ramban is, is major. We didn't get to, uh, to read all of it inside, but these are some of the salient points of this, of this Ramban. Okay, we'll stop here.